0: I believe eternity will reveal how many people have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ through the song, Just As I Am. I've known many testimonies that uh, God used that song just to challenge a heart. And if you're saved here uh, this morning, uh, you can look back and recall the time when you came to the Lord as a guilty sinner. And he saves sinners, and uh, many, many times people will not come to the Lord because they are not willing to admit and confess their need of the Lord. And so just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Take your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 15. We're going to read a portion of this, probably the most familiar portion of uh, this particular parable that Jesus told. I want to pick up. If you're able to stand with me, would you do so? I want to pick up in the middle of the chapter. We're going to come back and give the context of the chapter. Uh, not by accident that you're here this morning. Uh, the Lord brought you here. He's got a message for you, and it's very important for us uh, now uh, to do exactly what the Lord uh, finished. If you look in chapter 14, statement, the last statement of chapter 14, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So let's take uh, just a moment here this morning to yield to the Lord and to allow the Lord to speak unto our hearts by His Word and by His Spirit here this morning. I want to pick up in verse number 11. You're familiar with this account. And he said, a certain man, we're in chapter 15, had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He came just as I am. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, be merry. For this my son was dead, is alive again, he was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And I want to stop at at that point, and we're going to give uh, the details, the context, and the story of this, and really what we're going to be looking at It's kind of a unique um, direction of this. There are actually three sons in this story. And we're going to look at the three sons of the story of the prodigal son. Three sons. You say, Pastor, I see only two. No, there are three. And we're going to see the three sons of this story this morning. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer today. And we so need Him this morning. And would you ask the Lord to have His way in this message and in your heart today? Father, we thank You. Lord, again, we recognize not by accident that any individual is here, and Lord, right now we're asking that you would give a holy calm in this place, that you would, uh, that you would uh, move, remove all hindrances, and Lord, that you would be free today uh, to speak, that we would have ears to hear and a heart to listen, and, and Lord, to be obedient unto you. And Lord, there's somebody here today that, Lord, they're here with a heavy heart. There's somebody here that. That path of sin has left them empty, and wanting. Lord, I pray this morning as you would call, as you would speak to that heart, that, uh, Lord, there could be the freedom to respond to you. Well, there's somebody here today that maybe doesn't even see their need of you in their selves, They're self-righteous. Lord, I pray here today, would you bring by your spirit and your word conviction, Lord, we give this service to you. Would you have your way? In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated this morning. As we said, there are three sons that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 15, most of you are familiar with this. It's one of the great chapters of the, of the Bible. We've been preaching through here on Sunday morning, just kind of looking at the heart of God, and we've picked out different parables and different teachings of the Lord uh, that reveal the heart of God. Now, we drew your attention a moment ago to Luke chapter 14, verse 35, the latter statement of this chapter. In verse 35, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And interestingly, we go right into chapter 15, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And those that had a need listened and they drew near that day to the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, until a man or a woman or a boy or a girl knows that they have a need, they won't seek the Savior. And we had this sinful crowd that saw they had the need of something and they came seeking the Lord. I've told many individuals, I, I love the privilege of pastoring in Espanola. And I I love this privilege because we live in a valley where there's a need. And there are a lot of people that know they have a need. And as a result, I I think it's much easier when there is a need to present the gospel. A lot different than the Bible Belt in some areas where many have become self-righteous and don't even see the need of a Savior. We have that crowd that came near to hear Jesus. We go to chapter 15, verse number 2, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured. We have this contrast. We have one group that has come to hear Jesus, but we have one group that is murmuring against the Lord and saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. What a contrast. And you'll find often the parables of Luke, we have parables of contrast. That's kind of unique to the gospel of Luke. That religious crowd was critical. They were just as sinful, but they didn't know it, and thus they missed their need of the Savior. We come to chapter 15 and verse number 3, and He spake, and I want to point this out to you, this parable unto them. We have one parable presented now in this chapter, but it's one parable presented in three parts. In verses 4 through 7, the first part of this parable speaks about a lost sheep. He says, What man of you, in verse 4, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he found it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. He cometh home. He calleth together his friends and his neighbors. There's great joy, because the sheep that was lost is now found. And I believe in that portion of the parable, we have a picture of God the Son. He's the good shepherd leaving the glory of heaven to come into this world to seek that which is lost and later in the Gospel of Luke chapter 19 verse number 10 in the account of Zacchaeus, the wee little man that got saved. Jesus said the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, There is a a poem that has been turned into song and Just read the words of this poem. None of the ransomed ever knew. How deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night that the Lord passed through. Ere he found the sheep that was lost, out in the desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die. Lord, whence are those blood drops all the way that mark out the mountain track? They were shed for one who had gone astray. Ere the shepherd could bring him back. Lord, whence are thy hands so rent and torn? They're pierced tonight by many a thorn. We can't even begin to describe the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ that would seek that lost sheep. And if you're saved this morning, you were that lost sheep that met the Savior. He came for you. He gave all for you. He shed his blood for you. He went and gathered that sheep, and He put that sheep upon His back and brought salvation to that lost one. That was me. That was you. Verses 8 through 10, we have the second portion of the parable. It's the part about the lost coin. I believe it's a picture of God, the Holy Spirit. We read in verse number 8, "...Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle." Sweep the house, seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she called her friends, her neighbors, together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Uh, The lost coin, this coin could not find itself. Uh, This coin uh, had no value while it was lost. That was you, that was me. There's no value to our life. Satan had taken that which was precious. And he had defeated that and destroyed that. And we were bound by sin. The value had been taken away. But God, the Holy Spirit, He comes and He enlightens, He convicts, He convinces, He converts. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, God's Spirit uh, comes to sweep the house and to clean the house and to restore the value and to bring back that which was lost. So we have the lost sheep, shows God the Son. We have the lost coin, it shows God the Holy Spirit. And the third portion, the portion that we will deal with this morning, is the lost Son. It reveals the heart of God the Father. Sin breaks the heart of God. When you're out of the will of God, it breaks His heart. Man is a sinner by choice and we have a young man that made this sinful choice. We'll look at that this morning and that sin takes us away from God but God longs for the return of that sinner and He rejoices when a sinner comes to repentance and uh, that coming is the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, This morning that's going to be the focus, this prodigal son, but I mentioned there are actually three sons that we're going to look at. I want you to see verse number 11. And he said a certain man had two sons. What about the third? Let's look at the three sons of this portion of the parable. There's the sinning son. We call him the prodigal son. He's the younger son. And he illustrates for us the publicans and the sinners who drew near to Jesus to hear him. Here's this son that had a need. Uh, He came to repentance. He repentedly came back to the home, back to the father. I want you to notice here this morning, as we lay the groundwork, the choices of this son. There are two major choices. First of all, there's a sinful choice made by this son. It was a selfish, sinful choice. We read in verse number 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me, and he divided unto them his living. You'll notice in this sinful choice, it's all about me. Give me. I want what's mine. You think about the background, here's a father that worked and wisely invested and prospered and now this son having no sense of gratitude for all of the investment of that father comes to that father and says, Father give to me that which is mine and it's something the father has worked for but not something the son has labored for. Now, That's a perfect description of all of us without Jesus Christ. By nature we're selfish, by nature we're sinful, by nature we're self-seeking, and by nature we are ungrateful for all the multitudes of gifts that God has given unto us. In verse number 13, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Uh, This son could not see the blessing of home and the blessing of being in the will of the Father. He's blinded by the lust of the world and the things of the world and he makes his journey to a far country. And you've heard it said that sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay, and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And that's exactly what this far country did for this young man. Now, sin can be pleasurable for a season, but the season of sin always comes to an end. For the wages of sin is death. Now, In our account, he wasted the substance with riotous living. He lived it up. He's the life of the party, the wine, the women, the world. And he had it all. And he was on top of the world, he thought, for a time. It was a destructive choice. The Bible says in verse 13, there wasted his substance. All that the father worked for, wasted. That's what sin will do. It will waste your substance. It will waste your life. It will waste your purpose, your usefulness. It will rob you of joy, of love, of peace. It will leave you in the end as it did this young man wanting. I remember years ago, a young man came to me in something like this. He said, Pastor, I'm afraid that by serving God, I'm going to miss out on the world and the fun of the world. And Years later, I saw this young man in a store, but I didn't recognize him at first. And he comes up to me, and then I looked in the face, and sure enough, it's the young man. And he said, I he said, Pastor, something like this. He said, My life is a mess. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a druggie. I'm homeless. And his statement was something like this, it wasn't worth it. He was exactly right. In verse 14, And when he had spent all, and that's what sin will do, it will spend everything that you have. And there arose a mighty famine in that land, and sin will always lead to a famine. And he began to be in want. And sin will always leave you in want. In verse number 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And sin will take you down paths that you never imagined. And understand, this is a Jewish young man, and he finds himself in the hog pan. He finds himself feeding the hogs. And that was anathema to a Jewish young man. That is as low. As low will take you. That's the bottom of the pork barrel. That's the bottom of all that you can get. And that's where sin will ultimately take you and lead you to the pits of hell. No man gave unto him. See, when his money was gone, this young man that had been the life of the party, now his friends were gone. Where are they? Sin uses you. And then it tosses tosses you into the scrap heap. You don't mess with the world and you don't mess with sin and you don't mess with Satan and get away with it. It's going to cost you in the end. This son made a sinful choice. But he made another choice. He made a saving choice. See, in the first two parts of the parable, the shepherd went looking for the sheep, and it's the Lord that seeks us. The woman looked for the coin. It's the Spirit of God that brings conviction to us. That's the divine aspect. It's God that pursued us. But in this part, we have the human aspect. We have the son that came to repentance and both are there. There's the divine, there's the human and they work together, the working of God, the response of man in this gift of salvation. Now look at this story as this young man comes to his senses in verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? I perish with hunger. I will arise, he said, and go to my father. You'll see here the conviction in verse number 17. He came To himself. His pride has now turned into humility. And please understand something. It's pride that will bar the windows of heaven to you, it's humility that will open the door. And when this young man came to this place of humility, He came to this place where he realizes I'm at the bottom. I've got nowhere to turn. And the only place I can turn is back to my father. And he comes in confession. Verse 18. I will arise, he said, and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. i Am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And we have this repentance in verse number uh, 20. He arose came to his father. Uh, It illustrates the change of heart, the change of direction. Uh, Back to verse number 20. He rose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, I want you to see this, his father saw him. It's a picture of God the father. He had compassion and ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. Oh, the heart of God for the lost. If you're here this morning, the hog pen, it breaks the heart of God. He created you for a plan and for a purpose, and you've wasted that plan and that purpose. But the heart of God is even more broken than your own heart because of your sin. I get the picture here. Day by day, this father goes and he looks down the road in the direction from whence his son had left the home. And I think day by day the father is looking out for that son. And and then the day comes. I I know this father is praying and he's longing. And the day comes, he looks up and he sees a speck on the horizon. He said, "Is that my son? Is that my boy?" I see the way he, he walks. And The Bible says this father then ran to that boy, ran to that son. Now understand, that son's been the hog pen. He's dirty. I had pigs growing up. We raised pigs. And uh, whenever I wanted to get stinky, all I had to do was go to the pig pen. And you can get stinky pretty quick and mom, we would come to the house and mom would say, we had a little room and you change your clothes before you come into this house. You shower and uh, the stink of the pig pen. It was easy to get the stink on you. But here's the father, his boy, stinky, dirty, raggedy. The father runs, and hugs the boy, and kisses the boy. Oh, What a homecoming. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And here the boy comes home, and it blesses the heart of the Father. Oh, look at this. This is good. Verse number 22, or verse 21, The Son said to Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight, no more worthy to be called thy son. There's the humility now. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. That's the robe of righteousness. That's the robe that the Lord provides for every sinner that comes to repentance. And put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, the ring of sonship. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. And shoes on His feet, there is now a purpose for His life. And friend, when you're saved, God has a plan for you to take that gospel into all of the world. And then the feast of welcome. Bring hither the fatted calf. Kill it, let us eat and be merry. See, that was grace, that was unearned, that was undeserved, and by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. That's how we come for salvation. It's all of grace. Maybe this morning you're walking the paths of sin and you're far from the Father's house and God has been looking for you and pleading with you and longing for you, and today He calls you and speaks to you you're going to find that when you come to him, he's there already. He's waiting for you. He's ready for you. He's longing for you. Here's the sinful son. Now, There's a second son in our story, and it's the self-righteous son. We call him the elder son. I think this elder son illustrates for us, if you go back to chapter 15, what Jesus was teaching. Understand, we we have this crowd there. Chapter 15, verse number 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. But notice in verse 2, And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Jesus is going to illustrate that for us. Uh, the response of the elder son, go to verse number 26. See, he was jealous. He was bitter over his brother that has come home. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. This is the elder son. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. Thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. But notice this. He was angry. And he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Here's this older boy. I've been faithful. You never did that for me. He's jealous at what his younger brother has received. He's judgmental. He says, he's devoured thy living with harlots, and yet you've killed for him the fatted calf. And he looks down with disgust on what his brother had done, where his brother had been. And instead of rejoicing, you would think, here's a brother that would rejoice. My younger brother has come home. You would think that would be the heart, but no, the heart is instead not rejoicing, but jealousy and judgment. Instead of welcoming his brother, he's condemned his brother. You almost get the picture. It's almost as if he wanted his brother to pay to the uttermost for all he's done. He wants him to pay dearly, his choices now. There's an interesting thought here, and you understand that sin always has its consequences. Notice something in verse number 31. Here's the father. He said to him, "Son, thou art ever with me, but notice something. All that I have is thine." And when the younger brother comes home, there is some consequences for what he's done. He's wasted his substance. Yes, the father has welcomed him home, but notice the father says, "Son." All that I have is thine. There is something to being faithful. And when you're faithful with that which God gives, uh, here's this father saying to the son, Son, you didn't waste yours. He wasted his. That's God. What I have is yours. Now, here's the problem, though. Here's this boy that couldn't see his own sinful heart, his own sinful attitude. The scribes and the Pharisees in this account, they were jealous about the lives that Jesus was changing. They were jealous about the sinners that were coming to the Savior, about the repentance that was taking place. And the thought that I want to give you this morning is may we never have that kind of heart. May we always have a heart uh, uh, for longing for one to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. May we never compare ourselves. Here's the older boy comparing himself to the younger boy. May we compare ourselves to a holy God and not to one another. So we have here the sinful son. We have the self-righteous son. But I said there's a third son. He's the most important son of this story. I want to call him the sympathetic son. That third son, the story of the parable, is none other than God's son, Jesus Christ. If you look at the background and the account of the parable, Jesus Christ is always sympathetic to his father's will. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. As my Father has sent me, Jesus said, "Even so, send I you." He said, "The Father has sent me to seek and to save that which was lost." In fact, that's the parable that Jesus is expressing. The sinners, the scrum- or the sinners and the publicans have come to Jesus, but the Pharisees have murmured in their complaints. And in this parable. You see this morning the heart of Jesus. Now go back to chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Jesus was a friend of sinners. I'm thankful for that because I'm a sinner saved by grace, Amen. and it was only as I came to the Lord Jesus Christ in confession of that sin, like the prodigal son, that I found the wonderful gift of salvation. Jesus had a heart for sinners. We mentioned the first part of the parable, verses four through seven. It speaks that Jesus was that good shepherd that left the ninety and nine to seek out the one. Lost sheep that had strayed. That's the heart of Jesus. And then Jesus rejoices with the Father over every repentant sinner. Do you notice in this parable in verse number seven? I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. That's the heart of Jesus. More than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. In verse number 10, "'Likewise I say unto you, "'there is joy in the presence of the angels of God "'over one sinner that repenteth.'" And then we come to chapter 15 and verse number 22. "'But the Father said to the servants, "'Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, "'put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, "'bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, be merry. "'For this my son was dead, he is alive again, "'he was lost, he is found.'" And they began to be merry In verse 31, And he said unto him to the older son, Son, thou art ever with me, all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead, is alive again, was lost, and is found. And Jesus is telling this parable to show the heart of God and this sympathetic heart that he had toward the Father. I want to give a thought to you this morning as we close. There are three sons. And these three sons this morning can typify us today. Where do you fit? There's the sinful son. Maybe you're out of the will of your father. Maybe you are right now living that highlight of sin, but you don't realize it's coming to an end. It may be pleasurable for a season, but that season will end. It's going to cost you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like that sun down in the hog pen. You're realizing that Satan has used this to steal your joy and your peace and your purpose. Maybe like this sun this morning, You've come to your senses. Maybe this morning your heartbeat would be like the heart of that young man that said, I will rise and go to my father. And here this morning, not by accident that you're here, and God calls you today back to himself and back to that home. And this morning you can come to him no matter how dirty and filthy the life and the clothes, and he will take you and receive you if you come in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. You're going to find the hands of the Father waiting for you. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're the self-righteous one. Maybe you're here this morning and there's really not joy when sinners get saved. There's really not the heart of God. Maybe here this morning you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not nearly as bad as they are. Well, they're wasting their life and their substance, but I'm faithful. See, I was that self-righteous one for a long time. I'm a church member. I've been baptized. I do the best I know how. I don't do what they do. I don't drink, and I don't party, and I don't do those things. But deep in the depths of my heart, I was a lost sinner. And I had to admit that and come to Jesus. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe today you'd say, I'd like to be like the Son of God, like Jesus. I'd like to have the heart for a lost world. I'd like to be involved in seeking and saving that which is lost. I'd like to share the precious message of Jesus with the lost and dying world. I'm going to give my life and my substance to taking the gospel message of Jesus Christ to my friends and loved ones and relatives. The Lord has set me free and now it's my job to tell others about Him. Which one typifies you this morning? Just this week, I had a thought and God was dealing with me about something. And I'm going to give you This thought just relay it to you. Don't ever forget the purpose of Christ. He's a friend of sinners. John chapter 8, there was the woman who was brought to Jesus, caught in the very act of adultery. The Lord saved her. Luke chapter 10, the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. He never turned away a repentant sinner. Don't forget the purpose of Christ. Secondly, wrote to myself, don't forget the power of the gospel. See, grace heaped upon grace. It's the gospel that can take a Saul and make him a Paul. It's the gospel that can take the woman at the well who had been married five times and now living with a man. And it's the gospel that can take that woman and use that woman to reach an entire city for Jesus Christ. It's the gospel and the power of the gospel that can take a Rahab, a harlot, and use her in the life and lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel. It's the gospel that can take Ruth, a Moabitess, and put her in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget the purpose of Christ, but don't forget the power of the gospel. But I wrote a third thing to myself. Don't forget from whence you've come. You see, as you read through what Jesus did, he said the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He says uh, the murderers, the adulterers, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God, but... Then he makes the statement, and such were some of you. But you're washed. But you're cleansed. You've been forgiven. Don't forget from whence you've come. Maintain that heart. That's what will make you a sympathetic son. Don't forget the purpose of Christ. Don't forget the power of the gospel. And don't forget from which you've come. With that, I'd like to go to the Lord.